The D.C. area has been feeling the pinch of the partial government shutdown. Fewer federal employees are around to buy stuff or even ride the metro. But what about the government's other bills, like, say, rent? With the impact of the shutdown on commercial real estate or its potential, we turn to Lucy Kitchen, Senior Vice President of Government Investor Services at real estate management firm JLL. Ms. Kitchen, good to have you back. Good morning. How are you? All right. So this is dragging on now close to a month-long shutdown. And what could be the effect on rent? Can the government actually default on its rent payments? Well, hypothetically, we'll have to see. So, Tom, we've never had a shutdown go this long before. The previous shutdowns have typically been two to three weeks and the rent cycle payment, the rent payment cycle has not been disrupted. If we're continuing on the track we're on now, we may have a disruption in the uh, rent cycle payment. And theoretically or hypothetically, you could see uh, the GSA miss miss a rent payment. Now, I've understood that what little I know about commercial real estate is that landlords pretty much make their profit in the one month out of the 12 they get paid for the rent. The margins aren't all that high. So could a building owner feel that pinch? You know, probably not if it just happens once. But the longer this shutdown goes on, obviously, the longer, uh, more likely it becomes a problem for owners and investors. And typically, how long do owners or investors let tenants go uh, without paying rent if if the tenant is having some kind of a difficulty? Well, if it's the federal government, all bets are off. Um, So uh, for the private sector, it's going to be a much shorter period of time. When you're talking about the government, you're, you, you often give them more leeway. They, they always pay their rent. It's just a question of when. The government pays in arrears, which is uh, odd for real estate in general. But the landlords typically let the government get away with a little bit more because they know that to fight them, they're going up against City Hall. Sure, and I guess it varies by building the effect for the landlord because if the government is just has, say, a suite in a much larger building that may have... 30 or 40 different tenants, that's one thing. But if the government has five floors of a six-floor building, that's another thing. You're absolutely right. And the, the longer you go without getting rent, the closer you get to some sort of uh, financing event, that becomes a real problem. And what about contractors who may have varying degrees of space as a percentage of a building? Many of the small businesses are not getting paid, and they're worried about making their rent. Would a landlord, do you think tend to give the same consideration knowing that that contractor may get paid or may not get paid back. That's at the discretion of the government once the shutdown is over. It's going to vary landlord by landlord, obviously, but I think since we're all going to be in this together and we're all in uncharted territory, I would imagine there'd be a little bit of leeway uh, that at least some landlords can offer uh, contractors. It really depends on how highly leveraged the landlord is. Uh, and if uh, he or she and the company can afford to uh, to miss a rental payment. Now, do the agreements, the rental agreements, the lease agreements that the government has with landlords, are they different for the federal government than they are for the private sector? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you're really when you're when you're leasing space as an investor to the federal government, you're not really even negotiating a lease. You're really negotiating a government contract. So, government leases tend to look more like government contracts than a traditional private sector uh, lease for space does. Does that extend to the ability to get out of the lease early, for example? 
No, not really. The government will do uh, several one of several things. They'll they'll obligate themselves for um, for a longer term, or they'll obligate themselves for a, a short term, say five years, and then give themselves after that five years, you know, sixty days to give notice to get out of the lease. Um, that's very normal with the government. They especially now they don't, they're not making as long term commitments uh, like they used to. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot more the government seeking a lot more flexibility. But um, but in terms of during that firm term, during that firm commitment that the government has made, they don't really have a way to to get out of uh, of the lease. We're speaking with Lucy Kitchen, senior vice president of government investor services at the real estate management firm JLL. And just give us a sense of the footprint in the leasing world that the federal government has in, I don't know, D.C., Northern Virginia, and suburban Maryland. So, yeah, the government is by far the largest tenant in Maryland, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. They've got a large amount of space that they own. They have a large amount of space that they lease. It takes up about a quarter of the uh, of the footprint, the commercial footprint of the uh, the Washington D.C. metro area. And I guess if you extended the influence of the government, it might even go out to a half of the space. If you you're count absolutely contractors. right, Tom. You're at, you're talking about contractors. You're also talking about government affairs. I mean, a lot of these law firms have government affairs offices that wouldn't be here, but for the fact that what they're doing is uh, is lobbying work, and that has to be done in Washington D.C. So you're right. The ripple effects go out to every industry. And with the exception of the shutdown, then, I would imagine that makes the federal district market probably one of the most stable real estate, commercial real estate markets anywhere. It is. It's it's really, and, and it's stabilizing even more. So we, for many years, we were very dependent on the federal footprint to kind of stabilize our market. However, in the last several years, as the government has really kind of has stepped back and shrunk and right-sized the footprint, in many cases reducing the size of its leases, parts of the private sector have actually stepped up and grown. I'm speaking about education, healthcare, and tech specifically in Washington, D.C. So we've actually diversified uh, in the past several years quite a bit, making us less dependent on the government as our, uh, as our kind of... Um, bread and butter. And getting back to the short-term situation, what are you hearing from building owners and lessors? What are they saying? Are they feeling anything yet? Not yet. Not yet. Um, we are all kind of in a wait-and-see period because, like I said, we are entering uncharted, unprecedented territory here with the uh, with this shutdown. We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, so the government, like I said, pays rent in arrears. So the January rent payment will be coming the first week of February. And so we'll, that will be an interesting week to see if indeed the government's going to be able to make its rental obligations or if the shutdown's going to have a large impact on that. And who pays for services under a lease? That is to say, people come in at night and empty the trash and clean the restrooms and painting if that's needed or carpeting. Is that something the landlord pays for as part of the rent, or is that something the tenant covers? So in the government world, the government includes operating expenses as a part of its lease. So anything that happens in their suite, they theoretically pay for through their rent. If it happens in the common areas of the building, 
you know, say the lobby, the elevator lobbies, uh, then you've got the uh, the owner typically paying for that. And, and the tenants may pay some pro rata share of that, but that's typically uh, up to the owner to keep up. When it, you get to the space, the owner oftentimes is performing the work as a part of a contract, but the government is actually paying for the work through its rent. So should by some crazy manner this thing go into February and p- there are people that are having to work in those buildings in the federal spaces even though they're not getting paid and the rent is not paid, does that mean no one would show up and do the maintenance to make it livable in the building? Basically where we are right now is, um, to answer your question, we'll probably the buildings will probably continue to be serviced because the lessor has an obligation to make sure that they are continued to be, you know, they're working, like I said, on weekend mode. Now, so janitorial lights, they all continue to be a part of the, the building itself. But again, we'll see. And so hypothetically, the government and the landlords, the landlord will continue to keep up the space and the government will at some point pay them for doing that, maybe through retroactively, but they do have an obligation to keep up the space. But again, the landlords and the investors may start contesting this as this shutdown continues. So if you're an individual employee, it might not be a bad idea to stick a roll of toilet paper in your lunch bag (laughs) and bring that with you. That's right. That's right. You know, better safe than sorry. All right. Lucy Kitchen is Senior Vice President of Government Investor Services at real estate management firm JLL. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. Have a good day. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.